Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. How in the world would this whole Green New Deal really, really impact you, your family, and our economy right here in North Dakota and Minnesota? That's the subject of tonight's Point of View. Will this Green New Deal, got it right here, finally been posted online as an actual official resolution, if you will. And if you read through this thing, in my opinion, <laughs> because it gives away all kinds of stuff, you honestly, you might as well just call it the new communist manifesto. I mean, guaranteed jobs for everyone, even because we're going to have guaranteed paid vacation, health care, you get the picture. By the way, I'm sure you've seen that it was, as you just saw right there, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, otherwise known as AOC. That's how many people know her. That's her Twitter handle is AOC. She was really the first one to champion this new communist manifesto. So I want to ask you tonight if you really if you really know what AOC stands for, I'll give you my own little Jeopardy. Do, 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 do. AOC stands for Another Outrageous Communist. <laughs> I had to. Here's what President Trump said in El Paso earlier this week about the Green New Deal. They introduced the so-called Green New Deal. It sounds like a high school term paper that got a low mark. <laughs> uh, her high school term paper, AOC, another outrageous communist. And then you've got now Cocaine Mitch getting in on the Green Deal game, being sneaky. Cocaine Mitch dropped this yesterday. First of all, however, I've noted with great interest the Green New Deal. And we're going to be voting on that in the Senate. We'll give everybody an opportunity to go on record and uh, see how they feel about the Green uh, New Deal. Look at that sneaky cooking, Mitch. You even had the green tie on and everything. Got a little smile at the end there. Like, we'll see about how they feel about the Green New Deal. Here's what's so fascinating. You can see AOC her here. Um, just a moment ago, you may have seen Senator. In fact, he's going to maybe walk in right here. That's Senator Ed Markey. He sort of co-sponsored this Green New Deal resolution. So Cocaine Mitch drops, hey, this is important. You guys say it's urgent. We're going to put this on the floor. We're going to vote on it. And now all of a sudden, Senator Ed Markey is like, what? You're going to call us on this thing? So I want to share with you what he tweeted out earlier today. This is, I think, hysterical. This isn't a new Republican trick. By rushing a vote on the Green New Deal resolution, Republicans want to avoid a true national debate and killer efforts to organize. We're having the first national conversation on climate change in a decade. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can't let the Republicans sabotage it. Wait a second. You guys told us this was an, the greatest existential threat that our country faces today. Why hold up, Senator Markey? Let's get this thing done. I think most importantly, we cannot forget what AOC said earlier. This. in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Can we play that one more time, producer Josh? Let's play so our audience can hear the full context. And we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. I mean, we're totally, like, going to lose the world if we don't hurry up, Senator Markey. So, like, I don't get, like, why you want to wait. 
folks, honestly, if this wasn't printed on the actual like House Resolution website, I would think this was some sort of like Saturday Night Live skit. But this this is real. These people think this is the path forward. Even to the sense where now presidential candidate of Minnesota, Senator Amy Klobuchar, said, "Yeah, you know, I don't think I love everything about it, but I would sign on to it." Here's what she said on CNN. I'm in favor of it simply because I see it as a framework to jumpstart a discussion. That is how Senator Markey has described it. Uh, because we need to put out a negotiating bid here. I don't see it as something that we can get rid of all these industries or do this in a few years. That doesn't make sense to me or reduce air travel. But what does make sense to me is to start doing concrete things and put some aspirations out there on climate change. I'd say the first thing, which I announced Sunday, as president, first day, I would get us back into that international climate change agreement. I would reinstate uh, the clean power rules that President Obama had worked on. I would so there's some things from Senator Klobuchar. going to be fascinating if she actually votes for this resolution when Cocaine Mitch puts it on the floor. Now, earlier today, I sat down with NDSU assistant professor in the Department of Agribusiness, also Applied Economics to ask Mr. David Ripplinger just say, hey, what, what would this Green New Deal really mean for people in our community, our families, and obviously our economy? Doc, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you here, my friend. Let's talk about this Green New Deal. Let's take the politics out of mm -hmm. it because you're an econ person. What would this deal mean for North Dakota and Minnesota's economy? Uh, I think it would be extremely disruptive, to put it lightly. Uh, going from power generation to food production, uh, to consumer impacts, to wealth impacts. Uh, it would flip, flip what we know completely on its head. I mean, it would completely, and again, I don't want to overstate this, so if mm -hmm. I do, please correct, but to me, I look at North Dakota, it would decimate us. When you talk about going to zero emissions, they don't mm -hmm. want any cow flatulence, you know, the dairy yep. in Minnesota is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I just don't see how any, someone like Senator Klobuchar can actually go, yeah, this is very aspirational. For for who? Well, you know, it, it's interesting, and, and first to kind of differentiate between what is the Green New Deal. And so last week we actually saw some light on that. So we had an FAQ uh, coming out of Ocasio-Cortez's office. We saw a resolution presented. Uh, and within the resolution, it's actually, it, it's not zero greenhouse gases, it's net zero. So there's a subtle difference. So you could see things such as carbon sequestration or other things where you might be capturing carbon or, or managing the system. But again, going from where we're at today to net zero in 10 years, as is stated, is, is beyond ambitious. One of the things that shocked me is that they don't even want to utilize, though, nuclear power, which is one of the most, quote unquote, net zero greenhouse gas emissions foreign power out there. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. So a lot, of, a lot of the thought was in the FAQ and in other documents. And it seemed as if some decisions had already been made about how they were going to go forward. Let's have extremely ambitious, if not impossible, goals. Um, and certain things were already off the table or th other things were going to happen a certain way. Uh, nuclear power was clearly one of those. Uh, High-speed rail being the solution for transportation. You know, they, they had some of these thoughts already in place. And identifying or, or really looking critically at any one of those, uh, it kind of exposes the, the, the broader Green Deal for being beyond aspirational. Well, so let's give the benefit of the doubt for a mm -hmm. moment. You're an yeah, absolutely. okay? So one of the things they talk about in, in the actual resolution is to work collaboratively with farmers and ranchers in the United States to eliminate pollution in greenhouse gas emissions from the ag sector. Mm -hmm. like, what would that even possibly look like? So, so let's get really into semantics. So eliminate. So in other parts of the, of the resolution, they say, uh, you know, we're going to remove to the 
the most technically reasonable place we can get to. Um, here they're going to say reduce it. Does that mean completely? Possibly. If, you have to read into that a little bit, but it's, it's substantially. Yeah, and, I mean, they're saying eliminate pollution and greenhouse okay. gases. So, that, so then we can just say that's not possible, right? <laughs> because by being alive, by functioning, we, we, we make waste. Um, for better or worse, that, that's what we do. You know, you and I are breathing right now, CO2 is being emitted, there's, there's waste occurring. Um, looking more specifically than agriculture, a lot of what I do is actually do the math, the really detailed math about Maybe they're emissions. gonna come to me as a farmer and make me just plant trees and then suck the CO2 out of the air and that way I can be a net zero, I mean. <laughs> Possibly, and in North Dakota, that would be a, that would be a unique proposition. Right, that's. Um, but you know, if you look at North Dakota specifically, and maybe we can look at uh, corn, in, in depth and livestock stock in depth, you're gonna have a lot of issues. There, there are a lot of greenhouse gases associated with the production of corn. It, it's extre we're extremely uh, yeah, productive. Ethanol's gone. Yeah, I mean, it, but there's, there's uh, nitrogen fertilizer, which has a lot of greenhouse gas associated with it. Livestock, just by being alive, they have a lot of emissions. Of course, there's the jokes about cattle and methane. And, <laughs> And again, if, if it's to eliminate, if it's truly to eliminate, that's not reasonable. There, there is no production agriculture in North Dakota. And if there's no production agriculture in North Dakota and in our sister states, there's no food in the grocery store. Thank you. Let's go through a few things kind of rapid fire. One of the things that the Senator Klobuchar yep. keeps referring to is the fact about, you know, she, she's using from a story perspective is, hey, there's that dad that was driving through the wildfires in California, and that's because of uh, climate change and global warming. Do you agree with that? Because what I'm hearing is that there's mm -hmm. actually a direct correlation between some of the restrictions they put on the ability to pasture in those lands, to deforest some of those lands. That's more the cause of the massive yep. wildfires, not climate yep. change. So here's where I'm going to submit. I'm not a forester, right? Right. But I actually do know a bit about forest history, and I've had people who worked in U.S. Forest, uh, family members who worked in the Forest Service. Uh, managing forests is a very complex uh, job. It's a complex system. And while climate change, it, you know, and, and changing climate might impact that. The truth is we have a tremendous amount of fuel uh, in those forests and eventually it's gonna burn. And so unfortunately we saw the, the, the disaster in California uh, last fall and now PG&E is gonna go bankrupt and they're gonna go bankrupt because they happen to be the people who, who made the spark and also happen to have deep pockets and it had nothing to do with the fact that you had 100,000 people living in a forest that gets dry occasionally, and the life of a forest is to live, burn, and regenerate. Let's talk about this. So let's say that, that this aspiration becomes a reality. We end up becoming a net zero greenhouse gas emissions country. Mm -hmm. Is that going to impact what China and India does? Well, so, and, and again, I, I think you have to step back because net zero is completely unrealistic. But again, I'm being, I'm being a super yeah, so, aspiration. My point is that China and India are going to go, great, we'll take all your industry. Well, and, and, and I think the thing is there, there are trade-offs in this, and that to put yourself in some competitive disadvantage, uh, to, to that extent, it would, again, turn things on its head. To have some reduction in, in carbon emissions might not, you know, could be feasible and, and really not change much. But again, to go from where we're at today to zero is too much. Also interesting, if you look at a lot of the, the more global goals, the idea is, well, let's reduce uh, carbon emissions by 40% or 60%. Well, the FAQ said, we're not going to go to that. We're going to zero. And there's a, there's a huge difference between going from today to half and going from today to zero. And that going to zero is the end of existence as we know it. And we're not going to get into the whole socialist dogma of this thing about mm -hmm. a job for everybody. We're going to re retrofit every single building. I mean, some of the things are just so ridiculous, but I want to keep mm -hmm. it more to what's happening here in North Dakota, Minnesota. So thank you for the insights here. We appreciate yeah, it.
All right, be sure and stay with us. As you know, we've got Giving Hearts Day coming up starting tomorrow. One of the big things that's happening right now in our community is there's a lot more conversation about addiction and the impact that it's having on young people and families. So earlier today, I had a chance to sit down with a family who had lost their son at the age of 25 to drug addiction and suicide. It was Mike and Mary Beth Trainer. They've got a foundation now called the Maddow Foundation that are trying to make a difference for families that are suffering with children with addiction. Both of you, thanks to you so much for joining us. So sorry for the loss and your story, but let's start with that, Mike. Let's talk a little bit about your story and how this was sort of the genesis of now the Maddow Foundation. Well, our son Matthew started using uh, drugs and alcohol when he was pretty young about 14 years old, I would say. And uh, we tried everything to try to help him, but uh, in the end, his life just spiraled out of control. Uh, and uh, he ended up uh, committing suicide when he was 25 years old. Um, so when, he, when we lost him, we had such a big void in our lives, we didn't really know what to do, where to turn. Unfortunately, we had been members of the Dakota Medical Foundation for several years before that. And I said to Mary Beth, I'm going to approach my cousin Pat to see if we can set up a foundation to help other people and families that are struggling with the issues that we had to struggle with with Matthew. So let's talk about that because I think this addiction situation is becoming much more pervasive or maybe pronounced now as more and more people talk about it. So for a parent out there that may be dealing with this right now, what, what would you say to them? Well, and, and what we did is we got Matthew help. We, at every point of the way, were looking for a solution and we relied on the experts to help us through that. The issues with adults or adolescents and when they start younger, they, um, their brains aren't as developed and that that high or that rush that they get just takes over and it actually it rewires their brain and there's a lot of statistics out there and one of the big things when we were working with Dakota Medical Foundation and their people they said what really is your purpose what what do you want to do what is your message what is one thing that may have helped Matthew? And, you know, we've talked about it so many times and we keep coming up with the same answer. Is it better treatment? Is it this? Is it that? No, it's never starting. And it's getting that message out to parents and to young teens. I think it's important for parents to realize Matthew started with alcohol and you look at our community, you know, Fargo has been dubbed the trunkest city in America, that the alcohol just seems to be so pervasive within the culture here. So talk about your guys' foundation for people that are going, hey, I need that sort of help. How does your foundation work to help with them? Well, you, our foundation is about primarily raising awareness. But remember, your kids are watching you, all of us. So, you know, and they're modeling their behavior after you. And, uh, you know, it's things as simple as we've read some of Matthew's journals uh, from his addiction treatment. The first time he started was he got into the alcohol at the, that we had at the lake that we didn't even drink. It was people that would come to the lake, oh. leave it, and that's kind of his first introduction to it. So, you know, 
just be cognizant of what goes on in your own home. One of the things that we're going to do this year is we're going to start out, it's going to call it, we're going to call it the Matto Tackle Box because he loved to fish. And what it really is, it's a toolbox geared towards young people that are thinking about, you know, experimenting with substances or already having trouble with it, but also for their families. Because not only does the young addict struggle and suffer, so does their family. Amen. Can we show up the hat real quick? And while yes. you do that, he's got the muskie there because it sounds like he loved fishing. Talk about tomorrow, Giving Hearts Day, for people that are saying, hey, I want to help your organization. How do they go about doing that? Well, many people have asked us over the last couple of years, how can we help? And one of the main points that we like to make, and anytime we're anywhere, we like to bring our hats or something, and we say, take this and give this to a young person who might be 9, 10, 12, and talk to them about the dangers of alcohol use and substance use. And right here we have our mission statement, and on the back we have really what we're about, delay, decrease, and defeat substance use. And so I would like to give these to you Thank for you, you Thank to you give much. to young people that you know and have that message, and that is one way they can help. The other way we can help is getting on Giving Hearts Day. We're one of the funds, one of the DMF funds under the Matto Foundation, and um, our donation, the donations that are given go all to our prevention strategies and our delaying or decreasing strategies. So that, that is another way you can help and help us is to do that tomorrow on Giving Hearts Day. Thank you. Sorry for your guys' loss, but thank you for what you're doing. I think it's very, very important. So we appreciate it, and we'll, uh, I'm sure, talk to you again soon, okay? Thank, thank you. you. Get on with the three Ds and the big fish. The three Ds, and I, I like the tackle box today. I think that's going to be a big success. Again, go to givingheartsday.org. It's givingheartsday.org. Uh, search the Matto Foundation. I think we all know how pervasive this addiction situation is becoming more and more in our community uh, and really throughout our country.